Now, brought to you by Olive Tree Bible Software. Read, study, anywhere. www.olivetree.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, by Zachary Bartles. Uh, baby, I feel rejuvenated because the semester is over. It's Christmas break. Um, I'm recording in my home studio, which means a couple of little technological challenges. Um, one, I'm on my phone, so if I if I don't sound as, as silky smooth as usual, uh, it's because I'm lacking the, uh, the Blue Snowball podcasting microphone. And uh, I'm a little angry, Zach, because the $25 computer that I bought four years ago uh, from the IT department, refurbished at cornerstone university is is now running a little slowly so i just i feel i feel uh oppressed by it i feel like i'm the victim here you can't I'm, count I'm really on angry. anything these days you know you really can't if you can't count on a 25 dollars refurbished computer that you purchased four years ago i don't know what you can count on in this world they used to make um, things that last you know i might take it back i wonder if i still have the receipt dude what do you think they would do if you brought that to like the it department and you're like no nope at Cornerstone and, and be like, you know what? I was an adjunct here four years ago. I bought this computer for $25. I'm a little bit concerned because it's just running a little bit slowly now. I wonder what they would say. I wonder well, what their the, demeanor would The students would be. that ran that department are no longer there, so they wouldn't know right. what to do. They wouldn't even remember me. I would be no one to them, you know? <laughs> I don't like thinking of that. I don't like to think about being no one to, to anyone. Um <laughs> Baby, but you know, you know what's exciting. Ted, that's going to be an at Ted Cluck quotes tweet quote situation. <laughs> Baby, let's talk about at Ted Cluck quotes. Can we talk about? That I think real it's quick? worth talking about. I think it is too because it's in our production notes that that I got from your office this morning. Your assistant must have sent these over. Oh yeah, Type. cupcake. Very organized these production notes. So. <laughs> Baby, you have to tell me because I'm not on Twitter. What is the deal with at Ted Cluck quotes? This is a thing now on Twitter. I'm going to bring it up so I can read the description because it's pretty funny. Do it. I need a new tab next to Bonnie Bedelia quotes, which is for later. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> show prep. Did a lot of show prep this morning. You know, we actually did a little show prep. I we know. can't even joke about how it was kind of feeble and lame because it was it was pretty pretty respectable. It was significant. Yeah, it was significant show prep. I like that. So, so if you walk- type Ted Cluck now, you, yeah. you know what comes up? Hold on. Let's just wait mm-hmm. for this to burn itself out. I'm not answering that. It's my Leave this off. in. Leave this in. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want it raw and authentic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of gritty, off-the-cuff show we, we provide. You can hear the phone ringing in, in the New York Stock Exchange, which doubles as Zach's office. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it, my my studio is pretty nice. You know how when you're in, like, a real radio studio and there's, yeah. like, the mic and then there's, like, a big, like, a window and then on the other side? Yeah. You know, do you like, have that? Do I do. Do you have that in your studio? Yeah. Only the window. I mean, like, on the other side of the window is outside. Yeah. But still. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there isn't, like, Roz on, on the other side of the the, video, the, oh. the window running the soundboard and, and all that. I wish, man. I We're going to talk a little Roz later, aren't we? Dude, we could, yeah. It, it's on it. the it's on the agenda. I mean, like tangentially, but is it on the agenda? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about uh, the way different uh, things are portrayed in, Dude, in different yes, media. That's right. That's right. 
Okay, talk to me about Ted Cluck quotes. Yeah, let's come back around here to Ted Cluck. At Ted Cluck quotes is an account on Twitter. Um, And the description is, from time to time, the world is given someone who says things that will change lives. For our generation, that person is Ted Cluck. Oh, man, sweet of them to say. They use the uh, older photo of you with the coffee mug and kind of like looking off to the side. Okay, I can live with that one. That's one that Aaron took. Yeah, Aaron yeah, took yeah. that at our house. Remember that? That was a fun night. And then uh, the cover photo is super zoomed in on three books, mm-hmm. and two of them are gut check books, which is something nice, I Nice, baby. Gut check titles. Now, who do you think runs at Ted Cluck quotes? I don't know. Um, you know, when you type Ted Cluck on Twitter, three things come up. One is hashtag get Ted on Twitter. When you, when you type okay. Ted anyway. And when I type it, because it, yeah. it, it's tailored to me. One of them mm-hmm. is um, fake Ted Cluck, and then one is Ted okay. Cluck quotes. Um, mm-hmm. It's Entirely possible that the same person does the two latter things. Mm. That person's doing good work, man. Um, listen. The pinned tweet at the top is Rachel the Held Evans. Nice. You know what? Low, low key. Keep it. Keep it low key. Um, if if you are running at Ted Cluck quotes, identify yourself. Um, I don't know what the etiquette is here. I don't. I don't know if this person wants to remain in the shadows. Uh, just kind of creeping around in the in the darkness, <laughs> laying in the weeds, as it were. You're always but, uh, calling these anon Twitter accounts to to reveal themselves, but that kind of removes some of the fun from it. I think it, Zach, it removes the mystery. Yeah, you know, I we like love it. the mystery. I, you know, I I love the mystery. You know what? Don't reveal yourself. It's like you don't Remain- want to open that present because it could be anything. But when you open it, it you're any, like, oh, it it's be, no it could, it, it could be anybody running this thing. Yeah, it, it, you know? for all you know, it's uh, you know Justin Taylor. It probably is. <laughs> Dude, it's probably at Chally's. <laughs> odds are like seventy percent. It's at Chally's. I bet it's at Chally's. What are the odds that it's uh, Stephen Altrogi? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. I love it, dude. I love it, dude. How about that Meaning, Stephen Altrogi uh, seven degrees thing that Ruddy put dude, that together? That was funny, <laughs> dude. Ruddy's been doing a lot of work, man. Ruddy he's, is, he's yeah. been doing a lot for the company lately. So. Dude, I, I feel like Ruddy needs a, a what do you call? What do you call it when you get higher rank? He needs a promotion. He, he needs, needs a promotion. Is, is that what's called a promotion? Yes. Yeah, he needs a promotion. I don't <laughs> no, know why. It's not an uncommon word. Yeah, I don't, two men of letters. I don't know why that was such a <laughs> such a hard word for us to come up with. But nevertheless, um, baby. Speaking of the company, I see here at the top of our production notes, uh, gut check anniversaries. I want you to talk about that. What do we have? Uh, what do we have happening in that? space well you know we kind of blew it and dropped the ball on the first of this month was the second anniversary two-year anniversary of the podcast wow okay which is exciting that's super exciting and when you factor that that means 104 weeks uh and that we're on episode 69 uh that tells you about you know the rate at which we're cranking these out Dude, interesting. Yeah, that's just an interesting little bit of trivia, a little observation there by you. But uh, <laughs> we've done, I feel like we've done nice work on this on this program. I can't believe it's been two years. I feel like, you know, I feel like we just started this thing. To you know? celebrate, I think that we should have a um, marathon of all 69 episodes uh, mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. Uh, yes, and ultimately, we, because it's you know streaming, it, you can marathon them anytime. But formally, right. we're offering that on Christmas Day. <laughs> we are offering that. We are offering a 69 episode marathon of the Gut Check Podcast. <laughs> meaning, we're inviting you to go to gutcheckpress.com slash podcast and listen to all 69 episodes at your leisure. And ignore now, your family and just be like, "I'm listening to podcast." 
if we, yeah, ignore your family. Ignore like your kids will be opening presents under the tree by themselves, um, <laughs> because you will have headphones in. You'll probably be up in your little like home office listening uh, to the podcast. So that's what we want. That's what we want for you on Christmas. Um, if we were a cheesy like cable TV station, we would have these running just uh, nonstop for a few days in and around uh, the Christmas holiday. So I wonder if there's a way to like set up our Facebook account to be live and have it be streaming. That would be incredible. We I'm actually going to look that. into that. Even though this is one of my busiest weeks of the year for me, like uh, clergy-wise, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a minute mm-hmm. to look into that. Dude, you should take a minute to look into that. And, and you know what? Speaking of the program, man, if I, if I could just um, you know, keep, keep it on a serious tip here for a second, man. This program, this has really brought us a lot in the way of, uh, of opportunities, man, for us. I mean, later, later in the spring, you and I are going to be – uh, jetting down to Miami like a couple of gentlemen with our nice. ladies. Yes. Um, we're going to be taping some live episodes of the Gut Check Podcast with our good friend Ruiz. Uh, heads up an amazing ministry called El Lector uh, in the city of Miami. It's cigars, discussions, talks, venues. And uh, we are going to be featured guests of Ruiz and of El Lector. I believe it was Will Smith who said, Miami, my second home, uh, eh. That was actually me a couple of years ago when I first went to Miami with, with Ruiz. Um, so, yeah, you're conflating me with Will Smith. Which it happens all the time. It, it really does. It's okay. I mean, don't feel bad. Um, a lot of people have done it. But uh, I'm excited to go to Miami with Ruiz. And then, baby, we get to go to Israel together. Oh, um, we're going to record an app where David cut off Goliath's head. What's more gut check than that? Nothing. There's literally nothing on the planet that's more gut check than that. Um, so if you're not yet a member of the gut check army, uh, do that, go to gutcheckpress.com backslash army. Uh, if you're not yet a follower on Twitter, uh, go and follow at gutcheckpod on Twitter because rumor has it, we will tweet upwards of one time per month. Dude, we've so, actually tweeted like 13 times this week. That's something. What? Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of that's a lot of activity, man. You know what? I gotta hop on there and uh, and have a look at that, man. I need to go catch up on uh, on all the tweeting that's been happening. You know what? One of the things that uh, that I did see because Ruddy also emailed it um, is this Christmas ornament, man, that's circulating around. Yeah, that's been tweeted to us several times and emailed to us several times by friends of the program, yeah. by members of the Gut Check Army. So I'll, I'll try to I'll try to describe this because Hans Booby, this is radio, not television. <laughs> Okay. Two years so it hasn't gotten old. It never gets old two years and counting. It's still funny. <laughs> but uh but the ornament is like somebody cut up like a little tin can, like a little tin uh like silver can, and they put a picture of John McClain crawling through it as he crawls through uh the HVAC system in the Nakatomi building, and that's the ornament. And See, I thought uh, it was I like it, uh aluminum foil. And I was gonna try to do one myself, but you may be right, which makes it sound too hard and I'm not gonna bother. Dude, it looks like a little tin can to me, but I don't know. You know, it, it's, it could be in the eye of the beholder, but... Uh... <laughs> so the other anniversary is coming up. So on the day that this episode drops uh, mm. is the seventh anniversary of our company. Wow. Seven Maybe years, the perfect seven, number. Seven years, the perfect number, and the perfect company. <laughs> um, this is huge. This is really, really big, man. This company has uh, it's changed our lives. Uh, it's brought so much joy to so many people, and by so many people, I mean, you know, probably <laughs> what five hundred people. Well, uh, yeah, you know, but that's still four hundred ninety-seven more than you know the deconstructed podcast brought joy to. So, 
That's right, man. It's, it's not a contest of who brings how much joy to how many people. But, you know, if it was, we would still be we would comfortably ahead in that in that contest. Well, but, you know, uh, because we have nearly three quarters of a million feed hits, I choose to believe that we have brought joy to three quarters of a million people. That everyone just kind of checked wow, in once and was like, oh, yeah. this is amazing. But I'm not going to listen Maybe again. That's, that's so many people that we've brought joy to. That's incredible. <laughs> we, we're heroes, you know? <laughs> Aren't we? Yeah, I'm. You know, to hear someone say it out loud, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird thing to talk about out loud, and I feel kind of sheepish doing it. But I I really do feel that at some level we're heroes, and um, I'm so glad. I, for one, am, am just super glad that we started this company seven years ago. Man, this little this little beautiful baby fledgling company seven years ago. Such big dreams, you know, just operating out of you know, out of our basements and look where we are now, you know? Now, the question <laughs> is how many of the uh, umpteen uh, little indie imprint kind of situations that were popping up at that time, 2010, mm. are still around? Speaking of at Chalice, do you think his, you know, like brotherhood of the cruciform sword or whatever is still is still going strong? Dude, I don't even know. I don't know, but probably not, you know? Um, probably not because it, in, 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 you know what, this isn't about him or, or, or his thing. This is about us. This is about us and our seven year company, our seven year run at the top of, uh, of publishing and what we've been able to accomplish. Baby, let me ask you this. What's, what's your favorite thing about our company? Seven years in, as you, as you reflect, as you look back in this kind of retrospective, uh, moment that we're having right now, what's your, what's your favorite thing about our company? Uh, you mean like my favorite characteristic of it or the, my favorite thing that we've done? Or, Either way. Yeah, or both. Okay. I think that my favorite accomplishment of our company mm-hmm. is still the smoking book mm-hmm. and the impact mm-hmm. that that has had. Huge um, impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? I mean like uh, I don't want to say I'm recognized for it because that sounds like in real life like in the mall. But on no. the internet, anytime I mm-hmm. join any group or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, comment on something – there's mm-hmm. a, a decent chance that people in our little circle are going to be like, hey, I know, you did that, that uh, thing with Ted Cluck. They're never like, didn't you write Playing Saint, which, you know, was yeah. on, on shelves and bookstores everywhere. And uh, But they're always mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you did that uh, smoking thing. I love that. That's hilarious. That was, that was fun. Uh, what about you, man? Baby, you know what? I have the same experience with that book. It's really cool, actually. And um, speaking of being recognized, being noticed, um, when we moved down here, when we took this job, that was literally one of the first things anyone said to me on campus. So I was, <laughs> I was walking around on campus, and I got stopped by this dude who's um, like a political science professor, you know, pretty high profile down here, um, accomplished guy. And he's like, hey, you're the guy that wrote the, the cigar book, you know. And um, it, it is amazing the, the reach that that thing has had, man. And um, you know, got you, know you the job, is, didn't it? It really did. It's opened so many doors. I, I think it did get me the job. Um, you know, I, we could speculate about that, but I really do think that the, the truth of the matter is it got me this job. Um, <laughs> the other thing about that book, man, that's crazy about it. It's always a great seller right about now, man, right about Christmas time, uh, because it's such a great gift. There's no shelf life on it. Uh, the content is timeless. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, a belated Christmas gift uh, an amazing belated Christmas gift would be the Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion. You may still be able to get other. it, man. I mean, I think it's a you prime two-day shipping. So It's a prime two-day shipper. So as soon as you hear this, 
run to Amazon.com, order your copy of The Christian Gentleman Smoking Companion by none other than Ted Cluck and Zachary Bartle. And you're and helping Amazon.com, which is, you know, you are, one of your favorite helping, causes. Uh, in, uh, yeah, a struggling little indie. It's very, it's 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 mom and pop. It's local. Um, it's organic. It's pour so over book Amazon. sales is com. what it is. You know. Yeah, it's pour over book sales. Um, you know what? I have a little on my fridge. I have a little magnet of like a like an Amazon.com employee that I'm helping. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm reminded that just for the for the cost of like a cup of coffee each week, if I order a book on Amazon, like I'm really helping him, and he's like. He's standing in front of this little brick wall with like a soccer ball, looking sad and and and, and glum. And I'm just reminded of what I'm doing each and every time I buy a book. You know, for the cost of a cup of coffee every month, you can provide a cup of coffee to an Amazon. <laughs> That's right. Actually, half a cup of coffee probably because they're drinking like really nice stuff. Right? Out yeah, there, yeah. They're still. in Seattle, I think, or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Baby, happy anniversary. I tell you what, one of my favorite memories of the company is, man, and then we can move on. But I, I, I honestly could talk about favorite memories of the company for hours. Um, I'm sitting here in my home studio, and I'm looking at a at a framed poster of you and me um, from Ruiz. Uh, it's an El Lector poster, Cluck and Bartles in in big, huge font, uh, and a picture of us at the Smoking Book premiere uh, at Timmy's. Timmy's was kind of our our, uh, our house cigar store, yes. Timothy's Fine Tobaccos in Bay City. Um, wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful. I don't know why I couldn't speak there for a minute. I was choked <laughs> up. Uh, purveyor of fine tobaccos. your own tobaccos. thing going on. I had my own thing going on, man, vis-a-vis this company. But uh, I'm wearing, uh, in, the, in the picture, I'm wearing like a, a crushed velvet smoking jacket and a cravat. Yes. <laughs> You're in like a three-piece, you know, tan suit. We look amazing, baby, if I, if I might say so myself. That was that that uh, launch party was one of my favorite uh, memories, and the saucy broad launch party. Mm-hmm. Saucy broad also being a really good Christmas gift for Absolutely. the lady in your life. Timeless. Saucy broad, a, a culinary manifesto of hope by Kristen Cluck with special essays by Ted Cluck. Um, mm-hmm. That's a great book. I think that's one of the the, the best looking books we put together. Uh, it's like a nice the way we book, laid man. it out, and the fact that we laid it out while watching "I Love You, Man," you, me, and Aaron. <laughs> Dude, we had so much fun doing that, man. So much fun. All these projects have been fun. Uh, the, the interesting thing about most companies is, like, I think for most companies, like, work isn't fun. Um, but for our company, it is. And, and not um, in the sad way where you try to convince yourself that work is fun. Right, like where you give them casual Friday or you have, like, a little, uh, you know, cake in the break room or whatever. It's, like, actual fun, man. Everything we do is a blast. Every project we've done has been super fun. And... Uh, Boy, I, as as the new year rolls around, man, I'm just uh, I'm I'm so thankful that we have gut check and uh, that we've been around for seven years, bringing all this joy to so many people. It's it truly is a Christmas miracle. You know what? I feel like in a couple more years, you know, scope wise and in uh, in image wise and building wise, <laughs> um, we're really going to be as big as the Nakatomi Corporation. Mm. And if you're not familiar with Nakatomi. Um, Nakatomi is a large multinational company. They've got many interests around the globe. They've got many models built to scale of the various things that they're doing around the world. Um, they have a very interesting mahogany table with a computer monitor that flips up out of it where you put in the codes um, to, to, to various things. 
Um, and this is what we aspire to as a company, Zach. And the reason I mentioned Nakatomi, I know you, you probably know where I'm going with this. Um, you watched Die Hard last night. Uh, you had your annual Christmas viewing at Die Hard. Uh, it's a tradition in your home and in ours. And uh, you said you had some new observations from the picture. And I, uh, I want to know what they are. Well, first of all, I, I got out my Palm Pilot to jot down notes about Bonnie Bedelia because we're going to talk about her a little bit again. Um, of course we are. And really, I didn't write much down about her other than that I think it's a really odd scene when mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to find who Takagi is. And she, mm-hmm. like, reaches around and, like, one finger at a time kind of, like, wraps her hand around his arm and says, don't move. Which, yeah, yeah. Like, it's what, like she gives it away. You yeah, know? yeah. And I'm like, what, what is what is that even about? It's like she, she's, she's his dad or something. I mean, like, there was yeah. a weird dynamic there that Dude, didn't pan out. To the, it speaks to the level of leadership that she has within the organization mm. to me. You know? Show her the watch. I mean. I think, yeah, show her the watch. Exactly. I think Takagi was more of a figurehead at that point within Nakatomi. Um, <laughs> but I think really it was Bonnie Bedelia slash Holly Gennaro slash Holly McLean um, who was really running the show. And Joe Takagi is not a good leader anyway. I mean, he's like flippant about everything. He's, he's Joe making Takagi's freaking, a bad leader. He's making jokes about uh, freaking uh, Pearl Harbor like a generation and a half after it happened. How does he know that, that John McClane's father didn't die there? Dude, I hated that joke, man. And I kind of, I kind of disliked Takagi for it. Oh yeah. No, Takagi had that coming. What happened to him? He did. Not that I'm glad that what's happened to him has happened to him. You know, don't hear me saying that. And granted, we are, we are talking about a make believe made up character here at this point. But, um, I've thought a lot about this, man. I've, I've done a lot of reflecting on Takagi and what's happened to him. And, and, yeah, there, there's conflictedness about it. Let's just leave it there. And if you tell um, like a bad guy, you're just going to have to kill me, you know yeah. you know he's going to kill you, right? I mean, how That's do you... the thing, man. You don't give that kind of license to a bad guy. So Ellis made the exact same mistake, right? He says, you know, hey, he's going to kill me, and, and, and then gets killed. And he seems surprised by the fact that, that kind of prodding at the international terrorist gets his, his face shot off. Yeah, he poked the bear. You know, you, you, you don't go into Hans Gruber's makeshift office in the middle of a terrorist operation um, and just play fast and loose with it, man. I mean, what did Ellis think was going to happen? I think it's a Zach. I don't know, man. I don't know the effect of cocaine on the body. <laughs> I think that, I think that episode was a, was a byproduct of all the Coke uh, that Ellis did throughout yes. the evening at the Christmas false party. False bravado, false confidence. He's feeling yeah. like a rush. Yeah. He's feeling it's the same kind of people rate. think they can fly and they jump off a barn or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Ted, I have... you missed some. He <laughs> 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 missed some important uh, steps is what he missed. Yeah, That's right. That's right. I have three uh, little observations. New And, and it's, oh, it's amazing Lame that mommy. after you've seen a movie like 75 times, you can still have new observations. But Another thing I never get tired of talking about, by the way, is this movie. Oh, yeah, as evidenced by the fact that we talk about it every single time. Nearly every episode. But yeah, lay it on me, man. What what do you have as far as new observations? Okay, first of all, in the first seven minutes, I started keeping track of like the super 80s things um, because mm-hmm. the, one of the first things you see is the gun hanging under his shoulder in the plane. Yeah, that's right. In and, the you're, plane. and it just seems so odd, out of place in like the quote-unquote post-9-11 world. Like He's like, I'm a cop. It's okay Absolutely. if I bring a gun on a plane, which yeah. even in the 80s, I don't know if that was a thing. But I started yeah. writing down. You've got, you've got the gun on the plane. Immediately mm-hmm. starts smoking in the airport. 
Oh, unbelievable. Gets yeah, into an yeah. 80s, like, awesome boxy limo awesome uh, with limo. VHS and, yeah. and stuff. You get the, the comment from uh, Argyle, it's the girl's day off, which is something no one would dare to say anymore if their car was oh, messy. No. Absolutely not, man. <laughs> I mean, you know what would happen? Jo- Jory Micah would jump on that. Oh, she would jump right on that. Argyle's such a misogynist for saying that. He's so hateful. <laughs> like Argyle's not a nice guy. You know, you can't call him that though, because yeah. in his back pocket he has the fact that he's a young black man doing you know, working up from cabbie to limo driver and climbing the So he's not a misogynist then is what you is what I'm hearing. No, and, and remember we determined that he now owns like a fleet of limos and is you know, in, in our Yeah, he's doing very well for himself yeah. right now. <laughs> but you also sure. get in the limo, run DMC rapping about an ill reindeer which oh, is so 80s you got both yeah. amber and green monochrome monitors dude um, yes i love those, those oh are money. Dude, i've tried and tried to get like a, a filter for my current computer where everything would look like that dude there's not that i can't believe nobody's made that app man well it, it doesn't it doesn't work very well i've, I've, I've tried a few possibilities and it, it you know uh-huh. it, it's hard to read things uh, but this mm-hmm. this will plug back in later when we talk about our website um okay but, but all of these things it, it, bad guys in like cosby sweaters and like big blazers and stuff and women dude, with, i love it Theo. Dude, bonnie bedelia has some big shoulder pads going Oh, yeah, she looks like Ray Lewis. She looks like a linebacker <laughs> in those shoulder pads. And yet, <laughs> here's the thing. There's nothing 80s. I mean, scratch that. He is an 80s icon, so there's that. But there's mm-hmm. nothing dated at all about John McClane. There's nothing embarrassing about him. That, that's true. That's that's so true because, you know, he's in just a pair of slacks and a wife beater for the duration of the movie. So, I mean, there's nothing in his wardrobe to date him. Right. Um, he's just carrying a standard issue you know, police pistol, so that doesn't date him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's timeless, which is one reason why the movie is so timeless. And and he almost, if you're, you're watching it and you connect with him, and I mm-hmm. had this feeling that he was kind of judging the 80s. Like, oh, when, when that lady ran by him in, like, the high-waisted white stretch pants and, like, yeah. hugs, the, and he goes, California. I'm thinking, yeah. like, he's he's kind of like, man, this the 80s are really lame, but, you Yeah, know, the 80s really suck. This is yeah. the only time I have to live in, so he just dealt with it, but... Dude, he, yeah, I feel like, I feel like too, he was disdainful of all the coke that was being done. Cocaine he, being, clearly, like, an 80s yeah. thing, too. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right, man. John McClane, um, you know, he had had enough of the 80s. <laughs> he was ready to move on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe he's the one who kind of brought in the, the end of the 80s and the, and the 90s, you know? I feel like he did. Everybody like credits grunge with that, like like uh, you know Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder. But I, I think I think John McClane was really a forerunner to the grunge movement in that um, he really ushered out the '80s and brought in the '90s. Yeah, without without Detective John McClane, there would not have been any you know Nirvana or or Pearl Jam or I agree. flannel. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We'd still be listening to like Winger and like uh, uh, you know Def <laughs> Leppard, Skid Row. Skid Row. Ooh, we would be Skid the Row. youth gone wild, as we were. would be. Actually, I love all those things. So, but I also love Nirvana and Pearl Jam. So, uh, so I'm glad John McClane happens. I'm glad he ushered in the '90s. And uh, baby, any any further observations about the picture? Yeah, w- one would be this. There's a line that we haven't quoted, which I think is just like monumentally quotable, and yeah. that is the 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 twice uttered line: "Send in the car." Send in the yeah, car. Yeah, send in the car. That like yeah, obvious dude. like uh, like 
varsity quarterback type guy in charge of the tactical SWAT team and yeah. and how smug he is about all this stuff. And when he's, Dude, he's so smug and he's so like full of testosterone and, <laughs> and like thinking that he's gonna he's gonna be the big hero of the whole thing with the car. Yeah. Like, dude, that was a that guy was a high school quarterback. Uh he wasn't that good. He didn't make all conference or anything, and he was like a he was like an option quarterback. Like he ran the ball a lot, like they never let him throw. Um you know, so he's, he's got that chip on his shoulder, man. Totally. He thinks he's going to, you know, win the whole thing with the car. And remember how we how we were discussing when the last time we all watched it uh, together at your place, how like the car seems to have to travel like three miles for, like yeah. to get there. Like it keeps cutting yeah. back and forth. They like they like build a gun during the amount of yeah. time it takes the car to get to the front of that building. Dude, right, like, where's this car? And, and, like, where's it been, given that, like, every, every like, standard black and white, like, every cop car in, in greater Los Angeles is parked, like, two inches away from the Nakatomi building. <laughs> Except that this car, like, they have to bring it in from, uh, like, were they driving it up from San Diego? Like, was it, was it somewhere else? It was a loner, you know? really, you know. It was a loner, yeah, yeah, the other cars in the shop. He was actually on the on the little headset with with the the San Diego PD saying, "Bring in the car." Yeah, and yeah, they had to go rent it. It was uh, they had to have like two pieces of ID at the rental counter and and to get the car. They were and, they were haggling as to whether to see insurance. You know, and like whether it should be mid mid size or or <laughs> extra size big. or just go ahead and splurge for a you know a, a, a luxury uh, item. But what oh I love gosh, about dude. that line is he he says it all cocky, bring in the car, and then bring like the a car. moment later, Theo just pulls all the juice out of that line by just kind of quipping, "The police have gotten themselves an RV, an RV." Which oh, is he's dude, just so yeah. belittling. Oh, Theo, dude, he's so belittling and so smug about it. Dude, those two and, guys and, together could have really accomplished a lot for the cause of smugness. They really could have, man. Yeah, they were working in opposition with one another, but if they ever joined forces, look out. You know? And Theo always was with the sports analogies. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, from the very moment you first see him, he's, he's all from sports. From the very moment. Yeah, yeah. The, fir- the first one was a um, 1980s Los Angeles Lakers reference uh, as he was going into the building. And then when they blew up the car... Um, he, the quarterback. he referred to the car as the quarterback yes. being toast. Oh, and Ted, we just determined that really the quarterback in this scenario is the, the guy yeah. in charge of the SWAT team. Maybe that's what he meant. Like that guy's dreams and, and hopes yeah. for his yes, that's right. career were Dude, toast. We're, we're doing some deep analysis of this story. You know, <laughs> it's like we're academics. It's like we're like English professors, like uh, deconstructing this thing. Reader hermeneutic, you know? viewer human hermeneutic here. <laughs> I should, I should do a, we should do a paper. We should, we should team up on a white paper. We could give this at a conference. Have we not done a white paper involving Die Hard? We haven't. What? Dude, we did, okay, we did an academic white paper involving Rocky IV. Again, this is, this is literally, Zach, I kid you not, this is not hyperbole. I get stopped on the street down here about that thing. Shut up! No, I do. Because here, here, here's the deal, and here's why. Uh, My pastor, current pastor, Lee Tankersley, great dude, um... Somebody sent him that like years and years ago before he even knew me. And um, he really got a kick out of it. And he sent it around to a bunch of people down here who are now like, you know, members of this church with me. And uh, again, when I first joined the church, like every week somebody would come up to me and be like, hey, dude, love the Rocky Four white paper. That's still um, the most popular thing, single file on our, our website. Dude, so, okay, we, we, we now have to, we have to do one of these about Die Hard. Oh, absolutely. We have to do 
and academic treatment of Die Hard. Uh, it's time, Zach. Uh, it's long overdue. You and I now have the credentials. Um, <laughs> we're at a we're at a place in our career we've achieved um, at, at such a level that we're now as a company we're ready to do this. Here's an idea, and, uh, and I want you to yeah. feel free to push back on this. But okay. just a first uh, idea is uh, we've I already agree. started. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we've already established some elements of where are they now with some of these characters. Yeah. What if we kind of put on our, our psychologist hats here? And and mm-hmm. kind of looked at where each of the characters is in their life now mm-hmm. these these thirty years later, and then mm-hmm. what effect that that night the trauma etc of that night or glory mm-hmm. or whatever has had on mm-hmm. forming who they are now. I love that as a structure for the paper. I, I think that's exactly what we do because that evening had such a unique impact on on so many people, and it touched a lot of lives. There are a lot of survivors. Um, <laughs> A lot of people who whose lives were changed by it. I think we should do it that way, Zach. I think we should begin working our way through um, the people who are involved uh, in the Nakatomi incident and um, and begin to flesh out how it shaped their lives. I, I love it. We need to get I that on it. the Gut Check Army page. Absolutely, we do. We do. And uh, you know, now that it's break, now that I'm feeling rejuvenated, I, I could see that being something that I uh, that I kind of undertake here in the next few days. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, wonder, wonderful indeed. It's fun. Um, it's fun to have a company for seven years because when you have your own company at any point over the last seven years and even now, um, we can do whatever we want. So if there's a project like this academic white paper that uh, that strikes our fancy, we can just go ahead and do it. Automatic green light. That's that's what we call automatic that. green light. Yeah, automatic green light. Nobody's saying no. So. Uh, it's it's good to be gut check. Oh, absolutely, it's you know what, and and at Christmas time, it's doubly good to be to be gut check. Um, absolutely, it is. Shall we talk a little Bonnie Bedelia? Because we talked about her a few weeks ago. My wife Erin got on Twitter to to blow mm. open this this fact, this little little known, mm. you know, mm. kind of breaking news. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, it <laughs> it was it was really kind of a uh, expose tweet. Um, mm-hmm. that Bonnie Bedelia, and this is no joke whatsoever, yeah. is Macaulay Culkin's aunt. Fascinating. In real life, the lady who played Macaulay McLean. Fascinating. And you can see it in the face, can you not? I can see it a little bit. I can. Yes. I can. <laughs> and you and I had uh, been tweeting back and forth about Ms. Bedelia and about how her quotes on IMDb are unintentionally hilarious baby some amazing quotes now help me i'm in my studio here i'm looking at imdb i can't for the life of me find where the quotes are Um, Uh, click on trivia i feel like i'm 100 years old right now (laughs) uh trivia okay trivia then go to the very bottom and you'll get personal quotes where it says see more okay so again my machine is running a little slowly so if you want to kick us off here with a quote that would be great all right. Here, I'm going to read some, and if they're, if they're dumb, we'll just leave them yeah. out. Um, Again, these are quotes, personal quotes from Bonnie Bedelia, actress known for Die Hard. But, Zach, let me be clear. Die Hard's not her real work. Oh, yeah. In fact, let's um, start with that quote. I don't consider yeah. roles like Die Hard what I do. This is like a hobby. It's fun. I had a good time, and I love being in a movie that people actually go see, but it's about things getting blown up. It's not about great character development, and I am offended mm. by that statement. Frankly. I am too, Zach. I was. I'm glad you said that. Um, we're we're of one mind on this on this matter. Uh, 
I think. It was sort of walking We're on one line on this matter. <laughs> again, dude, uh, all kidding aside here, I think Die Hard is, is completely defensible as a character-driven movie. Um, and I think this is what makes it so rewatchable as an action movie. I mean, we love action films, um, but this is a great, like, character-driven action film in that McClane, um, Ellis... So many of these characters have so many interesting stories, and, uh, and, and there's I, I so much tragedy cool. involved, right? There's so much tragedy involved. Like, who who is she to say? I mean, granted, she was in the film; um, she knows it <laughs> maybe even a little bit more intimately than we do. But who who is she to say that they, this is not a great character film? I, I take umbrage with that. And from there, it goes into an awful lot of. Uh, kind of bifurcated quotes, some being about mm-hmm. how how great an artist she is and how she's unappreciated, and some just full on complaining about the kind of roles she was or was not considered for. Right. Um, one of the the the, the latter, she says, uh, "I'm from New York. I've been in show yeah. business all my life. I'm a wild and crazy gal, yet I always play these soft, warm, loving Earth mothers. It's a pain mm-hmm. in the butt." Which will plug back into, if you will, later uh, for the etymology <laughs> of a word. But I'm. she ends this quote with, I'm a femme fatale. Interesting. She sees Interesting. herself as a little different, I think, than, than uh, how the viewing public sees her. Baby, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. Huh. You know, I would love to see her get the opportunity to play one of those femme fatales, but it is interesting that she's playing these, like, Earth Mother roles. She does sort of have that, like college town like paleontologist look about her you know uh-huh, uh-huh. like like you could run into her at the east lansing art fair you know what i mean <laughs> yes she's selling like these weird shell earrings she made or something yeah shell earrings or like yeah some kind of tapestry that she wove um <laughs> that's not a knock it's more just a reflection of uh you know yeah no i, I, the, the... I and i i'm sure it is frustrating when but mm-hmm. but really wouldn't you want to play roles different from how you feel you really are in real life i mean but yeah. here's the quote that you and I really um, – do you have them up yet? I do have them up. Hit me with it. You're the doing one that a starts with here. unless you burst. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. She says, uh-huh. unless you burst into movies as a sex goddess, you're likely to play wives and mothers. I came into movies as a teenager in They Shoot Horses, Don't They?, playing a pregnant waif from the Ozarks. I didn't get a chance to burst into movies in Body Heat. My career isn't based on having a twenty-three inch, <laughs> having a twenty-three inch waist and a big bust. Although I do. Oh, dude, I love that last part. There's some bitterness in do. there, right? There is, but you know what? She's just letting you know that, like, she could have those roles. But I don't know. She could she? Because I think if she could, she she would have grabbed at them, right? I mean, I don't I get don't. it though, because she does have, like, according to her, she has the credentials to have those roles, physically. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah, I'd... I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a that's a complicated one. Um, that that's tough, man. I mean, it's hard to unpack these quotes. Again, you know, I was just singing the praises of us and how like <laughs> academically we're so ready to to undertake this white paper. But now my my confidence is being thrown a little bit because these these are these are hard things to suss out on the air. Um, baby, maybe one more. I, I've got one here. All right. If someone were to come from another planet and see the world through movies, they'd think that the world was populated by white men in their 30s who shoot a lot. <laughs> that's, dude, that's, that is straight out of like some kind of editorial in a college newspaper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she could be, she, she, yeah, she could be writing for me, you know? 
<laughs> I wonder if she'd like to do a piece for my college newspaper. Well, she is now 65, as the last, like, 23 of her quotes uh, talk about how she, she she doesn't know, understand how, how she can be that old because she feels like she's still 20 or something. But Dude, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me how old she is. Like, I don't see age is just a number. She yeah. can... She could come and take a journalism class, and yeah, well, there's uh, no reason. Yeah, okay, she couldn't do that, right? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I limited her. That was that was me. Yeah. I was mansplaining. I was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That, I, I I apologize for being myself. Uh, for I, I apologize for for the fact that I'm a man. Yes, good. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you did that. Would you Baby, like to apologize for something, Ted? Like the fact that you're a man. I, <laughs> I would. You kind of led me into that. You know, you're putting words into my mouth, and I, I feel... I was mansplaining again! You were. I feel unfairly kind of infringed upon when you do that. But <laughs> but in this case, you were absolutely right, and I do apologize for that. So, thank you. Thanks for uh, th- thanks for beating me to the punch there, as it were. So, so, Zach, we were texting the other day, and we were texting on the heels of uh, a little bit of a squabble that you had with, uh, with someone that we both know. Uh, I won't get into the details of that. It's not important. Uh... However, you 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 use the phrase "butt hurt." So, just again because it's radio and not television, and I can't I, we can't put this on a monitor. It's b u t t b b u t t hyphen h u r t butt hurt. All right, and. and <laughs> oh, and I texted back rather curiously. <laughs> I I said, Zach, this is a phrase that I've heard my students use. <laughs> what does it mean? Because <laughs> I truly, I, I, I like, I again, I feel old. I want to know. Like people are using this. This is a this is a new kind of piece of American vernacular, and I just I want to kind of know the etymology of butt hurt. <laughs> um, so can can you speak to that a little bit? You're a wordsmith. You're a man of letters, very accomplished. Um, Let I, me I, tell you this: when when yeah. you responded with like a suggestion of where it might have come from, yeah, that hadn't really crossed my mind, and then I felt a little bit weird for having used the term. Okay, uh, because your yours was like kind of kind of rough, kind of kind of grim. Um, it was grim. It was grim and rough. I don't know why I went there. To be honest, <laughs> but here here's my thought, and and yeah. I, I did look it up on okay. uh, Urban Dictionary or something, Urban Dictionary. and the sure. suggestion was that it, it came from the idea of sp- having been spanked, oh. um, and your butt yeah, now hurts. Okay. You know, you've been kind of you're yeah. kind of childish. Like now you're sure. moping because something. Yeah, you know, but you've but, been shamed in some way. Yeah. Here's the thing with me. Like, remember when when sucks was a bad word? Yes. Because yeah. it was associated in many people's minds with with something sexual. Um, yeah. And then it kind of slowly got to the point where, you know, pastors say sucks from the – I wouldn't, but many yeah. from the pulpit and, and no one yeah, – It just you know, became a part of everyday vernacular. Right. Yeah. And in my mind, like I remember like Wally and the Beeve talking about some that sucks eggs or that sucks dirt. That <laughs> yeah, sucks mud. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like that sucks rocks. Like like people yeah, said yeah. – and, and, and for someone to hear just sucks, like shortened to just sucks, and their mind immediately <laughs> goes to like the most vile thing it could be. I, I don't know. I think that like I don't I don't have to be responsible for that. So when when people yeah. might have heard that, <laughs> that I said that I called <laughs> butt hurt, uh, that perhaps 
there, mm. there was the assumption that I was implying something horrible when, when I really wasn't. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that no, I know. really this just comes back to we've always said something's a pain in the butt, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's not How some horrible lascivious reference. It's the same How sort of thing. How is this any different? Exactly. You know what? <laughs> Wally and the Beeb said butthurt. You know? I remember oh, Ward whiz, Wally, to... don't be so butthurt. <laughs> she, she was... I remember Ward saying it to June. You know? <laughs> Baby, we have uh, we have one more bit of business to attend to here, and uh, I'm so excited about our production notes because we didn't even get halfway through this, man. We've got a whole other app uh, locked and loaded and ready to go when it's time. But of uh, dynamic but to, content, with dynamic content, dynamic pre-planned content. Uh, but I want to I want to give a word of thanks here uh, on the air to Chuck Weebus. Oh, Chuck! Um, oh, Chuck! I know Chuck's been with the program for a long time, Zach. He's a good friend of the show. Uh, he's a benefactor. He's sort of a a patron of the arts to you and me, as it were. Indeed, yes. Um, and the reason I say that is that I opened my mailbox last week, and I was thrilled to get a Christmas card from Chuck Weebus with yet another Taco Bell gift card in it. So, Chuck, I want you to know wherever you are uh, celebrating Christmas with your family, um, we as a program are so very thankful for you and the hard work that you do. We uh, are to indeed. Keep us afloat. Merry Christmas to the Weebuses. If this was Downton Abbey, we would we would run that little uh, that little page that's up for a couple of seconds with like four names on it, <laughs> like Conrad Prebis and Debbie Turner and Chuck Weebus and listeners like you and listeners like you exactly. <laughs> if, if this was PBS, we would uh, we would totally do that. Weebus has done another amazing thing for the company recently, which is to to fund uh, a contest um, okay. of three books that he hasn't read on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> yours and mine, uh, and they're, they're, they are, he has read them. They are used, uh, but he's yeah. going to sign these books as us and yeah. as himself. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I wanted to let you know, uh, the listeners, that that uh, we have a winner for the contest. Uh, terrific! There was a great uh, turnout. Uh, quite a number of people had taken the survey of what to call uh, my uh, sequel to Playing Saint, and uh, then a few people offered humorous suggestions uh, mm-hmm. or I assume they were intended to be humorous because we're going to laugh at them um, mm-hmm. uh, and Ryan French uh, he actually dubbed this Frenchy. the the books that have never been in Webus's bathroom sweepstakes which I think has a nice I tight sound it to rolls it. off the ring. tongue yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> good for radio <laughs> but here are just a couple suggestions Andy Bell from New Zealand who correctly mm. assumed he was ineligible because he's uh, in New Zealand um, Dude, I feel like we're huge in New Zealand. In that there's like three people at least who like tweet yeah. us from New Zealand, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Which there's is... only like seven people who live there, so <laughs> I feel like we're doing pretty well. That's good That's good market share. And that we never even, you know, there's no Wallaby content, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. We haven't know... done anything to tailor the content to New Zealanders, they just like us. God <laughs> bless we like those them. people. We like we them do. back. We do. <clears throat> um, he he said uh, that he he suggested playing Saint Saints Alive. Mm. Um, that's which it, I mean it's got some deep uh, s- subtext to it. If you've read the first book, it is, it is a bit of a miracle that that Saint is alive uh, by mm. in order to have a second book. But um, Ruddy came out with a number of these things. Okay. Um, playing Saint Inner Lashings. Ooh, uh, I like the it. Held Evans, a Parker Ooh. Saint novel. <laughs> the held Evans, it, it almost implies like kidnapping, like like that kind of a like Ooh. like Evans is being held. Is yeah, where I was going with that. That yeah. sounds like some fanfic that needs to happen. 
Dude, I like it. I like it. Okay, what's next? This one I don't get. Tell me if you get this. Playing Saint Forgotten CO2. Mm, what does that mean? Good. Do you get that? I don't know. No, I don't. Okay, I have no idea what that means. And then the the last oh, two. Oh no, are... I do know what it means. What is it, baby? That's a reference to the to the famous soda app, the Soda Stream app, where we had to go and get more CO two. Oh yes, you're right. Yes, a reference to us, and I didn't even get it. Except that it wasn't CO two that we forgot. It was syrup. Yeah, yeah, it was the I think syrup. We had the CO two. Yeah, we had the <laughs> CO two. We didn't have the syrup, but that's okay. I get it though. Boxo Tacos, a Parker Saint novel. <laughs> nice. And finally, this is the by far the best one. Playing Saint, Knight of Bree. <laughs> Knight of Bree. A reference, of course, to Ellis's um, generous invitation to Holly McLean Gennaro to, uh, to come home and enjoy Christmas Eve in front of a crackling fire with a baked brie, which I totally would have taken Ellis up on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mold wine. I mean, really? Like, that just sounds amazing. And they would have avoided that whole, you know, disaster with all the, the bloodshed and everything. With all the guns and the shooting and the, the exploding things. Ellis yeah, would still would be alive. A... Dude, she dude, killed Ellis, that, if you think about it. That, <laughs> that has to go into the white paper. How she had taken up <laughs> Ellis's invitation... They would have gotten in Ellis's car, which had to be like an Audi or a Mercedes or some 1980s D-bag car. They would have driven it to his apartment Scumbag with the track lighting and with a fire that you like start by flipping a switch on the wall. And they would have enjoyed mulled wine and baked brie and God knows what else. Sat would, there on a little Ellis, sectional couch. On a sectional couch. Ellis would still be with us. Oh, oh the humanity. And uh, wow. finally, Jonathan Pendleton uh, suggested playing Cliff Graham uh, and then mm. said, I couldn't think of anything clever, so I just Googled a synonym for saint. Nice. Um, he's trying to get a free oh, Israel nice. trip, I think. But what he did get is uh, three free books from Chuck Wiebus because Jonathan wow. Pendleton won. And uh, for the record, the actual title, overwhelmingly, from the hundreds of responses I got to the survey, is going to be playing saint, colon, All Souls Day. Which I think sounds super oh. money. I think it sounds very money. It sounds very like uh, Boondock Saints. To yes, be it does. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it, baby. And you know, in this case, because uh, Gut Check is going to be putting this book out, there will be no one to tell me uh, to make it less Boondockish. Exactly. <laughs> this time around, which is which is exactly what you would be told in in another context, uh, baby. This has been uh, this has been an amazing app. We have wandered to and fro. Uh, throughout this thing and I feel like we've we've celebrated our company and we've done what we do as a company which is to have a new idea so uh, we've launched a new idea here on the air and um, I have thoroughly enjoyed it I've enjoyed uh, doing this this show for the last two years having the company for seven years and uh, look forward to much more to come baby and we will see you next time i